0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to all our online viewers today. It's really important to um, stay in touch. I was just thinking this morning, driving in, how I've been reading about the temple and when they built it. And it was interesting because the people gave so much to the artisans to build the temple with, it actually says they had to be restrained. Um, so we're not quite at that level but the giving in this church it is always a little bit over and above so thank you because Ros and Mindy and I all had figures we'd ask God for you know if we get that much you know we can do a really good job and it was beyond any of those Um, Mindy had the highest level of faith by the way (laughs) Um, and I thought wow it's such a privilege you know to lead a people that, that give over and above. And while we don't have to quite restrain you yet, I tell you what, you're not far off it. So you're hitting some amazing echelons with your giving, so thank you. But um, I noticed with the temple, a lot of the things they built, they used acacia wood and then they would overlay it with silver and gold. And it's funny because I'm driving in and I'm thinking now, what kind of steak do I like eating the best, grain-fed or grass-fed? And I'm thinking, I arrived at grass-fed, but it started me thinking... We're sheep of your pasture. What type of sheep are we, God? And I just saw these things were important to us. I I felt this. I I felt like you're a loving, supportive people. So that was the main thing. That was like the wood that things are built with. But I thought there were three things really stood out to me that I think when you hear over time that you end up with in your lives, and they were like the silver and gold overlaying the other, and it was um, resilience, uh, discernment, and wisdom, and I just felt like, you know, as I'm driving with God kind of thing, that they were the things that stood out to me that maybe the Holy Spirit was trying to show, that when you do fellowship and you hang in there, and that's why it's so important you online people are with us as well, hearing and taking in the things of God. Um, that uh, those identities become part of our lives. But they're good things, aren't they? It just that feels really well balanced to me. It's got the soft side and the tough side that, that we need. So I just wanted to share that. Um, uh, thank you to all our indigenous brothers and sisters and Peter. I was just thinking how you have this priestly call, with your role, you're like a priest that stands between, you know, Western culture, Indigenous culture, and you you bridge the two for both, help them understand each other. And if any of you want to understand more about Indigenous culture, you can talk to the Indigenous people in our church. That's a great place to start. But Peter's got a great understanding and language to um, do things well. And I saw you. It's a little prophetic word. I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, the meeting places where those two come together are your greatest strength. So whenever you're operating in that I feel like God will give you this thing where you'll never tire of that. You can Sometimes you'd think, oh, my God, I've got this many meetings, but he's going to be with you and give you grace because that's where your anointing works, the strongest in those meeting places of, of coming together. But I wanted to honour and celebrate our Indigenous brothers and sisters because that's what this is about. I, I come from um, uh, Gamarigal country, and Oh, sorry, I better get it right. Yeah, Gamaragal. I just want to get that right. Gamaragal country. We live now in a called My ancestors um, are from Wiradjuri country and my best friends are, are from Biripi and Bunjalung up north, William and Sandra. So I love that. And each time I'm in a different Aboriginal country relating to Aboriginal people, there are different things to learn from each individual culture and, and just different sensitivities like th- this may not be a good example, but Ash Barty, when she won Wimbledon, in her speech, there's this sweetness in her soul, and I haven't seen it since Yvonne Goolagong won it 15, sorry, 50 years ago, and I thought they've both got that sweetness, and I'm I'm sure I'm not 100% <laughs> certain, but I'm sure that relates to the effect of some of their heritage. Their Aboriginal heritage and what it means—they they bring this softness um, that's just gorgeous. And I was also thinking of the number of different Aboriginal politicians, you know, throughout our land on both sides, and and people like Jacinta Price and a lot of others that are representing well. They're like you don't always agree a hundred percent with everything, but gee, they have some incredible wisdom they bring to the table. And there's a growing list of them that that are helping our culture. So. I just wanted to honour what it, what it means to us in a growing way, um, our appreciation and need um, to understand our, our first peoples and, and to honour them. So today we're looking at... Um, oh, one more thing, sorry. I'm the way, the truth and the life today, right? I learned an interesting thing because the COVID thing... Like, we're lucky here, aren't we? We aren't in a bad way, but I've got a daughter in Sydney and it's tough and they're locked down and with a client, she can't take them out like normal. She's got to meet in their homes and and a lot of them are special ability people and they, you know, it's very frustrating for them and thinking about what different ones go through and the COVID thing starts to get on top of me. Anyway, I just, uh, give me some wisdom, guys. It just goes, it's adaptability. You need adaptability. You've got to stop and think and adjust. So Ellie and I had a good talk about that. And two things. I heard a para Olympian interviewed on the radio yesterday, Craig Hamilton with Craig Hamilton. And she said this, he said, are you going to go? And she said, well, probably, but there's two big considerations. The first is my own health, because I have a young family. And my second consideration is the health of the Japanese people. I don't wanna do anything to jeopardize them. (laughs) that should be a really obvious thing that we all have, but I haven't heard anyone say that. I haven't thought of that. And even Ellie, when I was sharing it said to me, I'm thinking, come on, you Japanese people, don't cancel the Olympics. What are you thinking? And she said, that stops me in my tracks. and makes me go, yeah, we've got to consider their health. So in COVID, it's not just consider your own health, but consider the health of others. And what does that mean to you? Um, also, I heard the Italian soccer coach say this. Italy's got a very young team and they've always been good at the World Cup, but they had some years, you know, with their worst ever record and this current coach took over. And when they, he said to them, I think we can win the European Cup, they thought he was joking. And he's taken them on this process and they haven't been beaten in 30 games or they've won 30 straight, which is an unusual record in international football. And they said to him, what's the biggest key? And he said, I've taught them adaptability because they're young and when any team dominates us, we go to a different plan and it throws the balance of what the other team's doing out and we start to get on top. We can counter punch incredibly well. But I thought, and there was the word adaptability and I thought in the toughness of COVID, you know, when it hits your family or it hits your friends or it hits our city and we clamp down and our mental health's getting challenged and we're struggling, then it's good to stop and think and sit with God. And make some adaptations that are that are different, start to operate differently. And I think, I believe you find that that in the trials of life, if you use adaptability, it always, then the trial always starts to move you towards your destiny in God because something in you is growing. So anyway, just that was my thought. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Let me just read the scripture to you where he says that it's in John 14. 1 to 6. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Um, uh, In my MacArthur study Bible, he says this the noun believe and its synonym faith never occur in this gospel. Believe here is the first appearance of the verb believe in this gospel. He doesn't use the noun believe. To John, believing is not a good work that earns you something in God. Believing is the work of God in you, so you're grateful to him and he gets the glory. That's just a commentator on one word in this passage. It's an interesting passage. We'll we'll learn some good things about it. Um, Christ is the way, well, the way to what? Well, the way from a sinful life to the Father, but not just to the Father, to Christ actually sitting down with him and being at home in heaven, because it talks about heaven as a house, and toing and froing with the Father himself. So it's not just, you know, become a Christian, oh, it's all over, we get to go to heaven. That Becoming a Christian starts a journey of God preparing you for heaven and what you're going to do there. That's why he, he works on us. And allow some trials so that we can grow. So let's read it. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house, love this, has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Woohoo! And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. There's another I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas now contradicts him, and we'll come back to it and look at it. So you think it's a bit of lack of faith, but it's not. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus, it's like, it's like that stuff when someone speaks up and you're thinking, don't say that, you reckon the spirit of the meeting. But it's not really like that. If you stay secure and explore a bit, you learn some interesting things. And sometimes it's a good question. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I love this because Sharon would remember this, that decades ago I preached the message and this there's a story in it about some dude had to cross these mountains in the war to save his life and he didn't have a map. And so they organised a guide to get him across the mountains to save his life and the guide didn't have a map and he was really ticked off. He goes, well, how are you going to get me across the mountains? You haven't got a map. But the guy had had lived there for 40 or 50 years and he knew every tree, every rock, every trail, every pass, what was dangerous in certain seasons. And he just goes, mate, look at me. I'm the way over those mountains. Stick with me, you'll make it. If you don't, you're not going to make it. Same with God. We want the map. Tell us the next 10 steps. Now, just stick with me. Whoa. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Interesting, interesting. Um, uh, oh, story by Joel Osteen. I just love this because I think this is what we underestimate sometimes in God, that we have more than what we think in him uh, He says this years ago, long before transatlantic flight was common, a man wanted to travel to the United States from Europe. The man worked hard, saved every cent he could, and finally had just enough money to purchase a ticket aboard a cruise ship. The trip at that time required about two or three weeks to cross the ocean. He went out and bought a suitcase and filled it full of cheese and crackers. That's all he could afford. We've travelled like that in Europe, haven't we? (laughs) Once on board, all the other passengers went to the large, ornate dining room to eat their gourmet meals. Meanwhile, the poor man would go over in the corner and eat his cheese and crackers. This went on day after day. He could smell the delicious food being served in the dining room. He heard the other passengers speak of it in glowing terms as they rubbed their bellies and complained about how full they were and how they would have to go on a diet after this trip. The poor traveller wanted to join the other guests in the dining room, but he had no extra money. Sometimes he'd lie awake at night dreaming of the meals the other guests described. Towards the end of the trip, another man came up to him and said, Sir, I can't help but notice that you're always over there eating those cheese and crackers at mealtimes. You remind me of Mark and Ros there. <laughs> Why don't you come into the banquet hall and eat with us? The traveller's face flushed with embarrassment. Well, to tell you the truth, I had only enough money to buy the ticket. I don't have any extra money to purchase meals. The other passenger raised his eyebrows in surprise. He took his head and shook his head and said, Sir, don't you realise the meals are included in the price of the ticket? Your meals have already been paid for. Joel Osteen says, hey, hey, if you're in Christ, come to the table. Then he says this, he said, poverty can last a moment. We, we, we can have some seasons of that in our lives. He said, sometimes we have to live in poverty for a short time. But he said, never let poverty live in you. Oh, Oh, that's so good. So good. So we'll look at um, three, you know, the Bible teachers, Matthew Henry, Frederick Brunner and Charles Spurgeon, a little bit on, on what they say. Matthew Henry. Heaven is a house, mansions, estates. Compared to heaven, earth is like... can't read my writing. <laughs> earth is like being in a COVID lockdown motel. I was thinking, earth to heavens, big. But I, I just thought if you took someone you know from the slums of Calcutta or the favelas in, in Rio in Brazil and bought them and gave them a house in Newcastle to live in, like we do, they would feel like they're in heaven. Safety, no one's stealing from them. They've got all this space in their house, all the food you want to eat. That's us. And yet, us going from here to heaven is like that, only only you know 10 times or 100 times more. And so in Christ, there's always more for us than what we think there is. But he, he's not a, he's the free stuff. Well... <laughs> you want free stuff? When I was a youth pastor, I preached in some churches, you'd give away a free book, and people would race out the front, crash tackle each other to be the first there, almost end up in a punch-up to get the free stuff. And I'm thinking, I don't think Christianity is supposed to be like that. Um, God kind of draws us and brings us closer and doesn't always give the fast answer. So we get closer in him and we learn things. Then he releases more. And when we think we've got more, we think we've arrived. But then a few days later, you get a bit dissatisfied again and he draws you into something else and adds to what you've, you've learned in wisdom, resilience and love. Here we see the purpose of Christ leaving. He's leaving so we can go and prepare a place so we can go to be with him. His leaving is the key to our coming in and what a gathering it'll be. His kindness is that he tells us the ending and how to get there. Um, Done that bit. Here's Thomas. Thomas with his contradiction of Jesus. At least Thomas knows he's in the dark and he contradicts Jesus, but there is merit in his ignorant confession. Because there's a scripture that says, now we know in part, but then we know in full. He just wants to know more. And you know why? Because he loves Jesus He doesn't want Jesus to go, so he's trying to be sure of the instruction so he doesn't have to live without him. So, And we see in Thomas, we know there's the doubting Thomas, you know, after Jesus died and he couldn't cope and he wasn't coping well at all and he got backslidden. But Jesus just almost draws him back with one encounter and and one tender word and Thomas comes back and eventually dies a martyr. So the fact that he died a martyr proves to us that all along the way, tucked down within him was this love for Christ. He blows it a few times. In fact, most of the disciples blow it. And what's encouraging for us is they all eventually persevered except one and got there. And we're exactly the same. We blow it at times, but don't judge yourself too harsh. You get a bit cranky with yourself and sort yourself out. But the disciples were the same and they eventually came back. And the love they had for God kept drawing them back and taking them through. In Christ, God and man meet in a way that solves a massive problem. The problem of free will, the problem of sin, the problem of our need for God, our need to step into humility from pride, the problem that we need to be redeemed and the problem that we want to find a way to live in eternity with God. Fallen man can come to God as a judge but not as a father. Redeemed man can come to him as a father. All right, Frederick Brunner. John's Gospel was Martin Luther's favourite book of the Bible. Brunner says that this chapter 14, this is the whole chapter, we only read part, is Jesus' father sermon of the whole Bible. He mentions father so many times. Jesus' favourite deed or act is right here, his return to his father. This is the thing that always kept him going, always put hope back in. Always when he buckled at the knees and goes, it's too hard. Can you take this cup from me? It was returning to the Father was was the goal that kept him going. And he's very animated in this this section. This is the most comforting sermon ever preached by Christ while while he was on the earth. It's interesting when it's preached because it's preached immediately after the prediction of Peter's denial. The 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 crucifixion is just a little way away, so if it's me, I'd be going. Listen, I've got a sore knee, I've got a sore shoulder. You guys better feel sorry for me. I'm going to die next week. But he doesn't do that. He takes care of them. He comforts them. It's like the people that have cancer and you're weeping, and they're reassuring you that everything's going to be all right. It's supposed to be the other way around. The father has good real estate. His people are on their way to something far superior to earth. The mode of transportation is interesting. It's Christ. What we call heaven, Jesus calls where I am. Sometimes I think that's heaven on earth. When you have your prayer time and he's there and he speaks to you, there's thy kingdom come. (laughs) You hear his voice. You're actually, that's part of the transportation because whenever you hear his voice, He's leading and guiding kindly and drawing you closer. You're getting closer to him, which means you're getting closer to heaven. Seven times in two verses, Jesus mentioned taking us to the Father's estate. Wow. He does the I am's. Stick with me like children stick with their parents and they know everything will be okay. Jesus is the Father's authorised representative. All right. Point three. Got to finish soon. Charles Spurgeon. He just goes deeper on on individual points. He's different to the other two, Spurgeon. Uh, He goes, Thank God the Bible is honest about the disciples' failings and that they were able to prevail. Jesus first comforts their hearts, let not thy heart be troubled. So he goes, We have a duty to be glad, not troubled. Let's get convicted at those statements. Ross is like that. Ross is like Joel Osteen. He's so positive about everything. Ros comes home, woo this happened, that happened, isn't that fantastic? I come home, okay, let me tell you what went wrong today. <laughs> it's like, And then I read that and I think, oh boy, I've got work to do, i better sit down with God. We have a duty to be glad, not troubled. It <laughs> doesn't mean you can't be real, it's just get yourself quickly back from trouble to gladness. In fact, Ellie, with her clients, she said they're stuck at home, so when I get there, they're, they're depressed. So the first thing I do... I said, in a minute, we're going to work out, we're going to write six things we can do today that you're going to enjoy. But before we do, you have to write two things down that you're grateful for. She can't say thank God for because that's, you know, you can't do that now. But she says it's amazing how it lifts their spirits straight away. They do that in the rest of Thanksgiving. Like, start with Thanksgiving. So when COVID gets on top, the first thing you do, find a couple of things you're grateful for, and then, and then you can start to adjust. Because it'll, it'll, it changes what you're looking at. Um, Jesus is about to suffer, yet he comforts them. They were struggling with Jesus is going to die. So this discourse is to restore their hope. He um, just goes on, I'll, I'll just sidetrack. It's part of it. Christ is nailed in the midst of two thieves. You're in Christ with two thieves either side of you. Beware of pride and unbelief. <laughs> They're just there, ready to move. You are not ordained by God. Oh, sorry. sorry. You are ordained by God to say, uh, serve, minister, and work, kind of, with his church, because you are the, the body of Christ. It's not like, this is my big thing. You don't come to church and go, okay, what's the church going to do to bless me today? That is, that's got nothing to do with church. You're the body of Christ. It's what do I come and give out of the gifting God's given me to give with? And that's when you'll find church fulfilling and enjoyable. Um, but some are ordained by the enemy to work subversively against the church, like the tares and the wheat. And I'm thinking, that's a bit harsh. And then he just goes, well, Judas was one of the disciples and he was ordained of the enemy to resist Christ. Wow. So... That's why we need what I mentioned before about some discernment. Discernment and resilience are important things because sometimes you have to discern even within the church. Yeah, I'm not going to buy into that person. I, I, you don't just write them off and go, they're a tear because Jesus teaches to let them grow up together because you don't always know and your judgments aren't always right. But sometimes you just need to discern a little bit and go, no, I'm just going to keep my distance there. I, I, I don't feel safe. That could have a bad effect A bad effect on my spiritual journey. The cure for a troubled heart is, believe me, he calms the stormy seas for you, Um, he walks toward you when you call him, and he's multiplying your loaves. And when he multiplies your loaves, and I think this fits right in with John praying that prayer of blessing, that was really good to do that. Um... Guess what? There's leftovers. There's more than enough. That's what leftovers is. Leftovers means there's more than enough. And I've found in all of us in our families that have been here long term, we've gone from you know tough financial times to blessings where there's more than enough. And we share some of the more than enough with our family and some of the more than enough with others and some of the more than enough with those less fortunate. And and. I've shared this a few times in the history of the church. I had to get out of my flesh this thing of um, if I'm going to give money to help people, I need to know that they're really nice people. I don't want to give it to the cranky ones. <laughs> yeah, you just you just give as God tells you to give. You let Him take care of that. That that's His part. So I was very immature in my giving like that, but. Anyway, I like that God takes you and he leads you through those things so you don't do that anymore. Who was telling me the other day, I went down the shops to get... This person's very generous. I went down the shops to get a loaf of bread and some milk. Um, Yeah, I don't want to say names. (laughs) Stay positive. Anyway, someone in front had forgotten their card and they had a massive basket full of groceries. It was $450. And they paid the bill for them. Had to go home and tell their wife. (laughs) The bread and milk cost $454 and $2.50. It was like, but how beautiful is that? And can you feel God respond to that? That person won't go without, let me tell you. If you just know anything about the heart of God, it's like, take note, make sure that person's taken care of. Mm. Mm. Um, Jesus doesn't even mention the word death in this section, only life, and he's about to die. What he died to accomplish, he will now perform. I was thinking of some of the greatest, greatest moments, you know, I've seen in life, just where, and I think this is why he does the heaven thing, because it's like some things in life are so significant and so big and so fill us with joy, you just forget everything else. I wrote down, you know, my wedding day, watching Roz walk down the aisle, the birth of my kids, but I just thought of some sporting things. Kathy Freeman winning gold in Sydney, the Knights, you know, first grand final win the penalty by John Aloisi that put us into the World Cup Finals for the first time for 30 years. Australia 2 winning the America's Cup. These were all occasions where I'm out on the street or in the bank or in the store and people who don't know each other just hold hands and dance. And people are just cheer. It just stripped everything away and the news was so good. It was bigger than what you're going through. Do you know, My when we first shared our testimonies after we got saved, we were invited to a Catholic charismatic service and shared our testimonies. And my mum and dad were there and the whole Christian thing had been a bad experience for them because they were worried about us letting go of Catholicism. But we shared our testimonies, this Catholic charismatic priest who they loved. And my dad was there and when we got home that night, when he came in the front door, he just started dancing. He didn't know what to do. This This, this joy came on him and he didn't even know what it was and he couldn't explain it but I remember him just dancing without explanation and I thought that's kind of what what Jesus is doing here he's going like Sari remember Australia too remember well this is this is like that remember Ash Barty you waited 50 years you're old enough to wait 50 years to get our next women's title well this is like that oh, can't wait thank you Ros to Thanks, Mark. I'm just going to get Pete to pray. I love that scripture, let not your heart be troubled. But uh, it's a great scripture because it's saying it's our responsibility. I can't let not your heart be troubled. You can't let not my heart trouble. But be disciplined. Be disciplined. Let not your heart be troubled. Keep it out there and keep peace and joy and hope in your heart. You've got to look after your heart. No one else looks after your heart.
1: You've got to keep your hope hope up and i know in this season all this stuff we've got to do gets me down sometimes so i'm going to ask you pete to
0: pray for the people anyone that's lost their hope Yeah, pray and pray for them thanks
1: thank you lord for this uh, great message father god very very poignant this time father god that jesus you are the way the truth and the life and uh, lord i just pray that over all of us father yes. god that we can see jesus as the way the truth and the life Lord god and not look at our circumstances, but be adaptable, Father God. Looking for opportunities, Father God, to be, to speaking positive, Father God. Lord God, that those of us who call ourselves a Christian, Lord God, that are born again, Lord, we have new life within us, Lord God. Let that new life spring out of us, Father God, and let it permeate the, the environment around us, Lord God. But first and foremost, let's look within ourselves, Father God. Let us take encouragement from the scriptures, from especially from the book of Psalms and Proverbs, Father God. And, Let us speak to our heart. Let hope arise, Father, so that we can be shining lights, Father God, in this community of darkness and sadness and depression, anxiety, and a whole lot of other stuff, Lord. We have the answer, Lord God. Empower us to speak the truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Great prayer. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.